This episode of On the Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by a legendary baseball broadcaster, Pat Hughes, and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is May 15th, 2019, and this is Wednesday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On the Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. So I was listening to yesterday's episode, as I often do, just to see if I can correct some things or improve my performance, make the show better. And I noticed that I said Friday's edition rather than Tuesday. It was most certainly not Friday. Hopefully, I did not contribute to any depressing letdowns. When you arrived at work and realized the week had only just begun, my sincerest apologies. Today is Wednesday, I swear. So let's begin. The Los Angeles Dodgers have removed Julio Urias from its active roster and placed him on administrative leave as the MLB investigates his case in accordance with its domestic violence policy, according to the LA Times. Urias was arrested Monday night on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic battery. He was released on $20,000 bond. The decision to place Urias on administrative leave was a move made by the MLB and not the Dodgers, but the Dodgers did have some limited comments. We learned about the alleged incident this morning and are in the process of gathering information. As a result, we have no comment at this time regarding the incident. However, the very allegation of domestic violence must be taken seriously and addressed promptly, and we will cooperate fully with the authorities and Major League Baseball to ensure that that happens in this case. Reporting for the LA Times, Dylan Hernandez says that the situation is crushing, regardless of what Urias did or didn't do. If witnesses accurately portrayed what happened to police, Urias shoved a young woman to the ground. On the other hand, if Urias and his girlfriend were truthful, if the incident was nothing more than a verbal altercation, then he has been inadvertently labeled with a scarlet letter that will stay on him for the foreseeable future. Man, oh man, how the tide has turned. Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about how bad Chris Sale was performing this year, and that narrative has certainly changed. ESPN reports that the Red Sox ace Chris Sale struck out a career-high 17 batters, and just seven innings against the Rockies. Then he was pulled after 108 pitches on a chilly Tuesday night in Fenway. Sale left the game with a 3-2 lead, but the Rockies rallied against Boston's bullpen to win 5-4 in extra innings. Sale became the first pitcher in Major League history to fan 17 in a start and no more than seven innings. Now, we've already got people chirping away that Cora should have left him in there to receive a shot at 20 strikeouts. Yeah, that's smart. A struggling pitcher is finally returning to form, and just as he's getting back on track, the club should put that into jeopardy just so the public can have a chance at seeing a piece of history. I'll take stupid fans for 1,000, Alex. With 108 pitches in a very close game, it makes complete sense to pull your pitcher regardless of how well he's doing. Besides, both Alex Cora and Chris Sell were content with the decision. Here's what they had to say. AC's got two handshakes, and you get one or the other, and you know which one is the done one, Chris Sale says. I'd love to have gone back out there, but as I said, I'll never question anything he does. Cora followed up with this statement. That was fun to watch. It's the first time I've been in something like that, you know, watching the strikeouts and watching the pitch count. We wanted him to go deep. It was amazing. 
Sale's performance is not only a positive for himself, who has struggled mightily so far this season, but it gives the Red Sox that extra boost to get things into gear. So look out, New York and Tampa. The champs are on your heels, and I don't think they're slowing down. According to Eno Saras, writer for the Athletic MLB, five years after it was installed in an effort to measure the previously unmeasurable radar-based player and ball tracking system TrackMan, looks like it's on its way out as a technology of choice for Major League Baseball. Multiple sources inside front offices across the league confirm that Hawkeye's optical technology, known to tennis fans as the basis of the automated serve tracking system, is currently being installed in baseball stadiums across the country for a two-month run-up that should end in a full change in technology for the 2020 season. Multiple sources cited an improvement in accuracy as the main reason for the change. Now, I enjoy myself some tennis. Uh, My pops, who is 65, still plays in a senior league and actually does quite well. I think the challenge and replay additions that tennis has incorporated has really evolved the game to keep it relevant. Their ball tracking system really is top-notch as far as I know. I'm not like some type of super secret contractor for Hawkeye performing R&D in the basement or anything, but from what I can see when I watch tennis, it does a fairly good job. Here's a partial excerpt from an email that was sent out to all 30 MLB teams talking about the switch. As many of you know, Major League Baseball is in the process of building the next generation ball and player tracking system. We expect this next generation system to significantly improve the accuracy and precision of the ball and player tracking and unlock new tracing opportunities like bat swing path tracking and player limb tracking. We are currently planning to roll out the initial elements of the system at the MLB level for opening day 2020 with enhanced features like the swing path tracking released over time. Injured list updates. Mariners pitcher Felix Hernandez was placed on the 10-day injured list on Monday with what appeared to be a strained right shoulder. However, his MRI revealed a grade 1 lat strain as reported by Corey Brock of The Athletic, and he is expected to miss 4-6 to weeks. MLB Trade Rumors reports that the injury to Hernandez comes as the Mariners were on the verge of getting left-hander Wade LeBlanc back into the rotation after a stay in the injured list. Instead, they'll continue to operate without one member of their season-opening rotation. Hernandez is not who he once was, and while he has improved upon last season's strikeout, walk, and ground ball rates, he's also been ridiculously homer-prone so far this season. On Friday, I mentioned that Mets infielder Jed Lowry, I probably said Lowry before, I've heard it both ways, just trust me, I'm, I'm getting better with this name thing. He was set to make his season debut this week. Well, that's all changed. According to NBC Sports, the veteran has suffered a grade one hamstring strain and will miss another few weeks. He apparently suffered the injury in a rehab game on Saturday, which is the last time he actually played. The Mets currently sit tied for second place in the NL East with a 20-20 record, only three and a half games behind the Phillies. Getting Lori back healthy is more important than getting him back quickly. The Minnesota Twins are one of baseball's surprise teams this year, and catcher Mitch Garver has been a key contributor to their early success. According to ESPN, Twins catcher Mitch Garver hit a two-run homer and tagged out the LA Angels' Shoei Itani trying to score the tying run in the eighth inning of Minnesota's 4-3 home victory on Tuesday. However, Garver suffered a left high ankle sprain on the play at the plate. His foot twisted into an awkward position as Itani slid into Garver's leg. He will be going through some additional testing today to determine the extent of his injury. And manager Rocco Baudelli says, Garver's probably not in as much pain as I was expecting, but anything beyond that is speculation. According to Bleacher Report, the Nationals are close to getting Trey Turner back in the lineup. Masson Sports' Mark Zuckerberg reports that Turner will begin a rehab assignment on Tuesday with Washington's single-A affiliate in Potomac, Maryland. Turner appeared in the Nationals' first four games this season before breaking his right index finger on April 2nd against the Phillies. He was hit in the hand on a bunt attempt when a pitch from Zach Eflin came high and inside. At this point, the Nationals could use any good amount of news and all the help they can get. Quick takes. MLB Daily Dish reports that the Brewers are calling up second baseman Keston Huraya from AAA San Antonio. 
Uriah, the ninth overall pick in the 2017 MLB draft, was hitting 333, 408, and 698 with 11 homers this season. However, in a development that may provide more concern than his slash line in an ultra-hitter-friendly Pacific Coast League, he has 40 strikeouts compared to 15 walks and 147 plate appearances. Now, the main reason for this move is Travis Shaw, who has been struggling this season, was not only benched this past weekend against the Cubs, but according to Ken Rosenthal, has a wrist issue and will be serving some time on the injured list. We've got one more prospect getting a major league chance, and that is Braves outfielder Austin Riley. The Braves are set to promote their fourth-ranked prospect to the big leagues today, according to MLB.com's Mark Bowman. Outfielder Ender Enciarte is expected to be placed on the injured list as the club's corresponding roster move. Here is what Austin Riley has been doing in AAA Gwinnett. Since the middle of April, in his last 25 games, Riley is batting 362, 439, and 872 with 13 homers and 33 RBI. In May alone, the 22-year-old is hitting 360, 458, and 1.020 with 10 long balls and 23 RBI. That's a projected 20 home runs in one month. He leads the International League with 15 homers, 39 RBI, 25 extra base hits, and 98 total bases. I get more and more excited with each top prospect that is given an opportunity to excel in the majors. It's a great time to be a baseball fan. In an article written by Bill Baer of NBCSports.com, he poses this question. Should Phillies be worried about Bryce Harper? Bear says that since April 21st, the six-time All-Star has hit 147, 301, and 294 with four doubles, a pair of homers, and 11 RBI in 83 plate appearances spanning 20 games. He has struck out in 28 of those plate appearances while walking 14 times. So, should the Phillies and their fans be worried? That's the question that's posed. My answer, no. I really think this is a story about nothing. Harper's contract is for 13 years. I will be flirting with 50 years old by the time his contract is up. Oh, that's depressing. Besides, do fans and organizations really expect a player to perform at peak levels every day, all day? I don't care how much you pay a player. This is an impossible task. Do I think Harper is one of the better players in the league? Absolutely. Is he top five or top 10? No, not in my opinion. But he's treated that way because of the money attached to him. This is a non-story in my book. Well, that didn't take long. According to Bleacher Report, the Yankees announced the acquisition of Oakland Athletics' first baseman designated hitter, Kendris Morales. Oakland will receive cash considerations and a player to be named later. With the plethora of injuries that have played the Yankees' dugout, a little more depth at all positions is not a bad thing, especially if it comes at a cheap price. I actually think this is a solid move. It's a low risk, in my opinion. And of course, this happened. Straight away center field. There's his first one. Gone. And it only took 54 plate appearances. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has connected for his first Major League home run. So can we stop talking about him? But seriously, I understand the excitement over Vlad. I do. Cool story about his abilities and his relationship with his dad in baseball. It's part of watching all of these new prospects finally getting their opportunity. I get it. However, tweets and hot takes about how hard Vlad Jr. is hitting foul balls and ground outs is a bit much. Let's take it back a notch, shall we? According to a tweet made by Tampa Bay's reporter Mark Topkin, the attendance of 6,306 announced in last night's game between the Marlins and the Rays were the Marlins' second smallest gathering of the season. They had 5,934 for their game against the Mets on April the 2nd. And scouring Reddit.com, I found this little tidbit for perspective. The attendance of 6,306 is only 47 more fans than their AAA team, the New Orleans Baby Cakes, had on the same night. All you can do is shake your head at that one. 
Well, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks so much for tuning in for Wednesday's edition of On the Hop News. And don't forget, today is National Chocolate Chip Day. Why don't you treat yourself? Treat yourself. Chat with you tomorrow. I'm out.